Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. I really feel like I got the short end of this dick. Me too. I feel like you did. <laughs> like he signed up for marriage. He signed up for your forever, you know? And here he comes with all the bull in the world. All the drama, all the antics. Yeah. Leave all your messy behind. No, like even from the beginning, like the, the chemistry was off. But the next day I felt like we had changed a new leaf. I felt like we was really headed in the right direction. Right. And then now this. Like, I don't know how much more I can handle. Yeah. I don't even know his plans in this. Like, who knows where he's feeling? Like, he yeah. just could be like, you know what? I just met your ass. Like, yeah, we married, but like, I've had history with this woman. I'm about to have a child with this. You, you never know how people think or react or feel to certain things. And he may be like, I don't know. How We're back, 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 back again with another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Cara Berry, Married at First Sight Edition, aka, please get Paige out of here. <laughs> Y'all, this is like Chris's Paige show, Paige's show, and like everybody else is just a side character. It's really, I mean, particularly Haley and Jacob. So let's talk about them first because... I wrote the smallest little bit about them. I mean, they're such a non-factor that like... Ooh, I really, you guys, I had a thought, like Carrie Bradshaw, I had a thought that Haley really reminds me of me. <laughs> My first, the first guy that I really dated in New York, I, he was older. He was very into like the seventies, particularly when it came to cinema, you guys, how I could not tell you how many 70s cowboy and sci-fi movies I've fallen asleep to because of that man just to have to watch her like just like just try and get through this we have so little in common but I'm here (laughs) and we're just gonna try and make it work um I'm single so that didn't really go very well Haley um Listen, do I think that Jacob is a bad guy? Of course not. Do I think he's boring? 100%. I, why are there no adults in the room? Why have we not seen any of the experts? I know that, like, maybe we usually don't before 
we get to the move-in part, but it seems like extra reinforcements were really needed for, not for Haley and Jacob, but for the other people. The two other, for Chris and Paige, okay? Um, I just, like, I'm feeling less and less, and, you know, I had this conversation with Dr. Viviana where she pointed out accurately that in the last few years they've had twice as many successful couples that make it past decision day than they had in the first few seasons for several seasons but man when they get it wrong they get it real wrong <laughs> and it's uh really hard to watch so and again anyway Haley and Jacob so we start off they're eating lunch or something some sort of meal and Jacob eats just raw onion just pop him right in the mouth raw onion and then he asks Haley um have any of your girlfriends told you to run like uh, no but they might now onion breath um then Jacob says you know like I feel really thankful and lucky lucky to be with you and I'm looking forward to getting to know you more and my friends really like you and thought that I'm also really lucky to have you and all this stuff. And then she asks him about, you know, one of his favorite subjects. I think we've exhausted the um, sauna, beach, home gym conversation. And we're just moving into workouts. Something that, you know, they can both talk about since she's like an avid yoga, yogi, yogurt, yogurt, whatever. Um, he is, you know, like one day I do squats, one day I do, you know, the bench. And then, you know, I do kettlebells and I have these like Star Wars kettlebells. And Haley's like, okay, well, I've never seen a Star Wars. And you can see his face fall, but he's like, okay. He's like, well, the only ones I like are really like the late seventies, early eighties, like the first three ones. He's like, I'm not really a nerd about it. And Haley's like, but you have Star Wars themed kettlebells? But you're not a nerd. Okay. So then Haley's like, you know, I'm trying to, you know, in a confessional, like I'm trying to just roll with all of his quirks. Later they go to dinner and he clearly bought these like his and hers bride and groom <laughs> um, neon 80s style, like Kanye era, you know, glasses and she's like oh these are cool you know she's just trying she's trying do they go with her like dinner dress attire not exactly but she can wear them into the restaurant and then not a second more um when they sit down jacob does like an icebreaker question is like oh um how many holes would you say are in a straw she's like I'm going to say one. He's like, well, I say two because I feel like my mouth and my butthole are two different things. And it's like, well, they are. I, I understand that you're trying to make logic, but like, we don't have to make sense out of nonsense. And I don't need to talk about your butthole. Right. Three days in. Let's just, like, try and keep the magic alive and, like, leave our anus out of it, especially at the dinner table, right? We're having a nice dinner in front of a a tank full of, like, dolphins and sharks or whatever. And, you know, I don't. I know this is Vegas, but let's let's keep maintain some sense of decorum here, Jacob. Can we have a normal conversation? (laughs) Please. 
she asks him what his favorite car is and of course he's like oh the delorean and she's like i know a lot about cars but i don't even know what a delorean is and he's like oh you know it's the car from back to the future you know if if i could have anything i would get that and like kit it out and blah 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 and it's like oh my god i'm falling asleep talking about this man really my eyelids are getting heavy um then they start talking about relationships and Jacob asks, like, when her first serious relationship was, because his was at 19, and she's like, oh, you know, mine was at 15. <laughs> um, listen, first relationship, certainly uh, an important milestone in anybody's life, but um, if your only relationships have been between the ages of 15 and 21, girl... Those aren't real relationships. Nothing counts before 25. Nothing. You know, that's free play. That's a that's free play. Like a bingo square. Like, that's a free space. It's fun, but it doesn't really count. You know, that was just a given. That was it. That was it. She was talking about her relationship and how, you know, like, I wasn't really interested in guys. And then I dated him and all of a sudden it was like my world changed. And it's like, yeah, well, that's what happens when you're a teenager. You know? Anyway. Moving on, because they were boring as fuck, let's go to Ryan and Clara. Another couple that I'm like, it seems like people don't really like Clara too much. I'm of the opposite opinion. I feel like Ryan is a real stick in the mud, and he's clearly got, like, conservative values, and maybe that's what I'm not vibing with, but he just seems, like, very particular and very... Ugh. like fun but you can tell that he's like somebody who he'll have a party and he'll only have like a small tray of appetizers and he'll make you bring your own beer like it's really not that much fun he's just really providing like a hosting space and you know like you would tell he's really like I, he's just very like he's not for me you know from the hair to the everything else the crossfit you know, I was praising his CrossFit ass and I still do. It was really good. But other than that, pass. So Ryan is talking about how like he's pretty routine in his life. You know, like I can pretty much predict how my life is going to go and, you know, what my schedule is. But Claire is a flight attendant and she says, you know, it's something that I really love. I love having this like crazy schedule and I don't have any sort of like routine and that's how I want to keep my life. And, but you know, there are some downsides to that. Like it's great for me, but it's maybe not so great with, for my friends and family because I miss holidays and birthdays and maybe I show up and maybe I don't show up at all. Like maybe I'm late. Um, but that's my life. And I really like the life that I carved out for myself. And then they go see some, like, I don't know what the F, like, you know, I watched, the SeaWorld documentary, Blackfish. And so I don't know if this is like, it's a very ethically ambiguous situation here with the dolphins. But like, listen, we're absolutely forced to sand Sophie, the undeniably cute dolphin. She was giving us everything. She was letting them rub her belly. She was waving. She's taking those fish like a champ. She was like really, really cute. And I love her. More than anybody on this cast, for sure. <laughs> um, 
so you know they go and see the dolphins blah 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 then they go and sit down in like an area where you can see the tank probably the same area where Haley and Jacob had their dinner and so they start talking about you know like religion and children and Clara's saying you know basically talking like how do you see yourself as a parent and Clara says you know it's really important that my kids are supported in everything whether it be their sexual preference or if they want to do sports or like whatever just I just want to make sure that they know that I'm there and that I support them in everything and also it's important that they know the value of hard work and then she asks Ryan like do you see yourself raising your children in the church? And he's like, absolutely. Like, I want my kids to have that foundation in religion. And I think it's good for them to have, you know, the moral ground uh, and all that stuff. And, you know, he says, it's a top priority for me, even though I don't expect my kids to be a mirror image of myself. Like, I do think it's very important And I don't want to like downplay or like make it seem like I don't respect him because he's religious. But I do think just talking about Ryan specifically, it seems like I would just be curious about like how religious he is. If how religious he would be if his parents weren't both pastors. Um, I know as like a child who grew up in the church that there can still be, and I'm an agnostic now, but there can still be that like residual guilt that you feel of, or like an, a pressure that you might feel to like that. If I don't maintain these traditions when it comes to religion and how I was brought up, then it like, am I doing a bad thing? Am I being a bad person? And I feel like there's a pressure from him, like, I, to, to maintain that. And I think that it might have more to do with his parents than, like, his personal desires, if that makes sense. So, Claire says, you know, I just want to make sure that my kids don't feel like, that's cool that you want to raise them in the church, but, like, I also want them to feel like they don't they're not forced into any particular religion. And then she's like, well, you know, that's something that we'll have to discuss in the future. And Ryan's looking away like, "Uh, (laughs) I don't know about this. So then they have dinner and they start talking about, you know, moving in to the apartments and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, he's like, Claire, is there anything that I, do you want to warn me of anything before we move into this? Like something that we need to talk about. And Claire's like, well, I'm pretty messy. Uh, there's a lot of fur because of the dog. Um, there's a lot of hair. Uh, there's my makeup's everywhere. Not really great about cleaning dishes. And this is where you lose me, Clara. Like, you know, you being flighty, no pun intended, and wanting to have this like free, freewheeling Bob Dylan schedule whatever cool but like be clean baby girl you know there's always time to clean up that's that's not a personality trait is being i mean it is but like do you want to be the messy girl do you want to be cluttery clara no you don't you don't um i really like i (laughs) 
<laughs> a deal breaker for me is somebody who's messy. Like, I do not like that. I, I think it's such an unattractive trait and like no shade to everybody who is like that, but also shade. It's gross and I don't like it. Okay. Sorry. That's just my truth. Um, wash your dishes, wash the dishes. That's nasty. So Clara says, you know, I'm a little bit concerned because more than likely after decision day, I'm going to be moving into your house. And I just really want to make sure that when I move in, we are able to make it our home rather than me living in your home. And Ryan's like, well, I'm pretty particular about my stuff. (laughs) And Clara's like, okay, that's a little bit of a red flag. And I don't really know that you're ready to live with somebody. And he was like, why do you think that? And Clara says, well, it's not like a roommate situation when you move in with somebody that you're in a relationship with that can really, you have to be more considerate of them than you would a roommate because you love them, right? And then Clara says in a confessional that she's lived with boyfriends before and that it has caused fights and arguments and discord where it wasn't there before and it's like well is it because you don't know how to wash dishes pig pen is that why (laughs) um and yeah that was really it and she's like you know i'm just worried that he might be a little bit more casual about this moving in thing like i don't think he's thinking about it as much as he should be that was really the end of their story let's move on to virginia and eric so i'm gonna give you guys brianna and vincent and then Unfortunately, then we're going to have to talk about the other two. Well, Chris and Paige. My girl Paige and then Chris. I've given him a new name. Stand by. So, Virginia and Eric. They're getting ready to head to the pool. They're in the bathroom primping and getting ready. And Virginia's like, oh, I need to curl my hair. And Eric's like, we're going to the pool. Why do you need to curl your hair? And then they get into this back and forth about... How she's not going to get, she'll get in the water, but she doesn't want to get her hair wet. And if I get my hair wet now, then I'm going to have to get ready at like four for our dinner plans, taking hours. And I just feel like, show us the material. Like, Virginia seems like a pretty natural girl. I don't know what like these hours of makeup and prep and primping are doing because the end result, mostly she just looks Never mind. <laughs> Most, no, mostly she just looks like a drunk girl. Sorry. I mean, t- I, I'm working with what I see. Okay. Just working with what I see. So they get to, then she starts talking about how she's late to work every day. And she's just like on Virginia time. Right. And Eric's like, you go to wor- work late every day. She's like, yeah. You know, who cares if I'm 15 minutes late or so? And he's like, you still have a job? <laughs> like, he goes again, he's like, I can't, I don't have that luxury. If I'm late, then people aren't getting where they are. And like, I, I can't, I literally cannot do that. I'm a pilot. And Eric's like, you know, we have a lot of uh, similarities, but I am starting to see the differences and we're working on it. I'm, I'm working on it with her. Then they sit down for breakfast and Eric brings up the other couples and he's like, how do you think everybody's doing? And he notes that, uh, 
that he thinks that they're progressing more than the other couples. And then he's like, you know, when we were heading to Vegas, I just noticed there was something off with Chris. <laughs> you think? <laughs> A good one. What what made you think that? Your eyes looking at him? Yeah. I have so many thoughts about this man. I can't wait to talk about him. Okay. So then they get to the pool and Virginia orders, they get margaritas and then she orders shots of tequila. And she's like, you want to do a shot? And he's like, not really. <laughs> it's like, I'll take a small one. Okay. This age difference thing seems to be a big deal. Maybe more so to Virginia than Eric. Like he seems willing to roll with it but she seems to point it out a lot more and he's like yeah 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 we've already talked about this like i I get it i'm older got it thank you um he's like you know what don't worry about it like you do your thing baby girl you do you okay and i get it you're younger we're in different places in our life as long as we make sure that our again relationship is a priority like i don't care she can go and grow up and do what she's got to do. Party, drink, what have you. I was, at first, I thought, like, he should maybe loosen up because it is their honeymoon. But then I thought, maybe he's thinking, like, I don't want to set a precedent of being, like, Mr. Fun Guy. And then we get home and I'm, like, you know, Mr. Pilot. And I actually think that that was really smart of him to not lead her into a direction where she thinks that he's somebody that he's not. So have your little half shot. They also had margaritas. Like let's not, you know, he was drinking, but do we have to have a shot in the middle of the day? A huge, like a double shot of tequila in the middle of the day? Not so much, not so much. So they're in the pool and she mentions like, you know, a few pet peeves have come up and he's like, what? (laughs) she's like well you left a wet towel on the floor and he's like oh he's like well I'm really tidy you know I'm maybe not like so stringent about it but I am I I do like to keep myself clean keep my place clean and then she's like you know I've noticed that you're a little bit jealous and he's like no I don't think so and she brings up you know like I've never really lived with a guy well I did have like a roommate who was a guy, but I've never lived with a guy that I've been in a relationship with. (sighs) And this is where Eric loses me. So then Eric says, you know, I have certain rules with men and women because I know how men operate and guys and girls can never be friends except for like, you know, maybe if, uh, you know, it's like your girlfriend's, boyfriend or husband or something or you know like if they're gay and Virginia's like are you kidding me <laughs> and she's like is this a rule that you're setting he's like no it's it's not a ground rule but she's like well it feels like that and he's she's like you know I'm really not into that like you're really gonna have to trust me especially because of your schedule like there are gonna be plenty of times where I'm alone and I'm going to be around guys and they're probably not all going to be guys of my, you know, that are dating or married to my girlfriends. So 
that's a little bit misogynistic, frankly. She didn't say that, but basically she did. And I don't like that. I don't like it. So then they sit down for dinner. And it's like the fountain. Is it the Bellagio? Like I said, I've never been to Vegas, so I don't know. It looks like it's a big fountain that like goes off every 10 minutes or whatever. And she's like, oh, thank you so much for planning this. This is so great. Like, I, I just, you know, I can't believe that you keep doing all these, like putting in so much effort for me. And it's like, not to burst your bubble, girl, but you know that like production sat him down and were like, okay, we have these four locations cleared. Um, you guys can just pick whichever one you want. Restaurant, outside, inside, let us know. That's that's all you get, okay? But you know what? I'm gonna let you cook, Virginia. Just let it go. Just let it go. So, Eric then starts about talking about like, oh, I'm just, everything's so great and I've just been so supportive and I want to be so supportive of you no matter what and Virginia's like you know I love that and your support really makes me want to like do better and be a better person and you know my career I have a lot of chance to move up in that and that's really exciting for me and you know I just you know even though you're older and you're more established in your career I think it's important that we still contribute 50-50 to the relationship because if we don't, that can really cause problems down the line. And Eric's like, love that. Great stuff. Uh, but guess what? I'm going to support you regardless, so don't even worry about it. So I wonder if he, if there was like a miscommunication there, like she's clearly talking about finances, but if she wants to be 50-50, then you can't really force her into being supported by you. I don't, I didn't really, I didn't really understand what he meant by that. I think they were speaking two different languages at that point, but I actually think that's also like a pretty good position to be in. Like if you, like if I were in a position where I I was like, I really want us to be 50-50 and he's like, I want to take care of you. Like, isn't that kind of the best situation? (laughs) Like I'd rather be in that position then have a guy like like be in a position where I don't believe that we have to be 50-50 and he does right never ever do I want to be beholden to a man but if he wants to if he wants to put himself in that position then godspeed open up that checking account baby give me a debit card okay I've seen enough clips of marrying millions to know that um, being beholden to somebody is not the vibe. Not at all. (laughs) You guys, what is happening with marrying millions? I basically refuse to watch that show, but I see a man who appears to be very clearly homosexual. And I don't understand why. (laughs) Why he continues to be in a relationship with a woman when he's like Dwight from Real Housewives of Atlanta and it's like what's happening there just tell me because I really don't want to watch I really really don't thank you if anybody can let me know what's happening with that if I'm clocking this correctly let me know because 
the 30 seconds collectively that I've seen from the show, I, I just have a lot of questions, but I don't want to answer them myself. So if anybody could help me out, please write me. Um, so back to Virginia and Eric, they start talking about his schedule, his pilot schedule. And he says that he'll be gone for like a couple days at a time, maybe two nights at a time. And it totals up to about half the month, 15 days out of the month. And Virginia's like, that's kind of a lot. That's 50% of the month. He's like, no, but it's not that big a deal because when I'm here, like I'm really here. I don't have anything to do. I can basically cater to you. And, you know, if you're working a nine to five, then on the days that I'm there, I can take care of the dogs. I can do this. I can do that. I can be at home ready or we go to dinner or I can make you dinner like when I'm here, I'm 100% in and at your service. But when I'm not, I'm not. Now, Eric has an interesting perspective on this because uh, he grew up that way, right? With his dad being a pilot. And so he knows what that life can be like. So, But he's also playing both sides of the fence. Like, on one hand, he keeps saying, like, it's really not that big a deal. Like, it's something that is completely doable. But on the other hand, he says, like, it's not for everybody. And there are a lot of people out there that don't like it. And it's been an issue in past relationships. And Virginia's like, well, what? Talk to me more about that. And he's like, well... There are a lot of people out there that want somebody who's home with them every night. And, you know, Virginia brings up, you know, what if we have a kid, the kid's five and they want to get into T-ball and you're not there. You're not there for the games. You're not there for those special times. And he's like, yeah, it happens. It happens. And it has been that way before and I have had to end relationships because they can't handle it it's like I'm very adamant about if you feel like this is not something you can do then I'm not going to waste anybody's time because I'm going to be doing this until I'm 65 that's just how it's going to be this is my career this is what I want to do so if you can't handle it then like I gotta let I've had to let people go, but it seems like he doesn't want to do that with her. So he's trying to convince her that it's really not that big of a deal. And is it? I mean, I think it depends. I think if you like that independence then it's probably pretty cool, but like she does bring up a good point of there are going to be times where you're going to basically be a single parent and but it's also like, I don't think he's gone like 15 days straight and then he's back. I think it's like, you know, maybe he's gone from like Sunday to Wednesday and that's like his deal, right? So it's like, is it really that big of a deal if it's only like a few days here and there or if it's like in like parsed out a little bit it's parsed out the word I don't think it is but just go with me because I'm not gonna uh, you know I'm on I'm on a roll here <laughs> maybe it's not that big of a deal but it's also not for everybody like he said so I don't know I don't know 
I'm curious about them. How are we feeling? How are we feeling about all of them? Because it seems like the general consensus is that like, maybe Ryan and Claire are okay. Everybody's into Brianna and Vincent. Second would be Ryan and Clara. Uh, who's third? Third would be... Who am I saying is third? I guess... No. Third would be... Hmm. Do I think Ryan and Clara are more compatible than Virginia and Eric? No, I don't. So I'm putting... Number one... V- v- Why I would keep calling it... Little Words find your words. <laughs> Vincent and Brianna would be number one. Then I'm going to do in a not so close second, Virginia and Eric. Uh, then I'm doing Ryan and Clara much further down. We're in the dirt at this point. Vincent and Brianna are in heaven. Uh, Ryan and Clara are, you know, at a, at a comfortable Pace, maybe for somebody about six feet tall in the dirt. <laughs> okay. And then I, you guys know, my mind, what's happening? What's happening? <laughs> so, okay. I'm going to do these rankings one more time and I'm really going to try to not fuck it up. Okay. Pray for me, y'all. I'm going to take a breath. Who are we going to do it? Okay. Number one, Vincent. And Brianna. Number two, Virginia and Eric. Number three, Ryan and Clara. Number four, Haley and Jacob. And then down there, underneath hell, would be Paige and Chris. Okay. Let's move on to Paige and Chris. So, you guys know that I've been calling Chris this whole time Patty Melt because. I mean, Google image Patty Melton, tell me that it doesn't look like Chris in the face. However, after this episode, I have now dubbed Chris Mushmouth because it seems like the more this guy fucks up, the more he mumbles. It's like he's got marbles in his mouth. It's like he almost feels like he thinks that if he speaks more quietly and less um, distinctly that maybe the mics won't pick up what he's saying. And that's not working for me, bruh. Not working. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. As we all know, 
When it comes to everyone's business, I like to mention it all, but when it comes to mine, I like to keep things a little bit closer to the chest. But that method doesn't always work when it comes to your mental health, and we all need a way to purge and get it out. Therapy is a safe space to do that and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down by learning positive coping skills and all the tools you need to help you be the best version of yourself. BetterHelp is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. So you can just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash everyone's business today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash everyone's business. So you guys, the beginning of the episode starts out with like a a little bit of a flash forward in which we're seeing a complete fourth wall break of several members in the production trying to convince Chris to tell Paige this huge secret. He doesn't want to do it, okay? Um, One is like, that's your wife. How are you ever going to move forward if you have such devastating information? Like I said, mushmouth mode has been activated and he's like, I don't even know what he's saying. It's bullshit. All of it's bullshit. And I don't want to hear it. Okay. I do not want to hear it. So then producer two's like, what are you afraid of? And he's like, nothing. I just want to tell her. So then another producer comes up and is like, what's going on? And the other producer's like, oh, he doesn't want to tell Paige. He doesn't want to tell her. And producer three is like, ever? And they're like, yeah, no. (laughs) So then the screen goes black. (sighs) My neck. My neck is tense just talking about this. Black screen. Next we see them sitting down for breakfast, pages in her robe. Thank God she was able to at least order some food before Chris just blows chunks in her face emotionally again. Ugh. So Chris starts eating and she's like, aren't you going to pray first? And so Chris swallows his chunk full of egg and he goes, oh, thank, thank you for the food. Amen. And Paige looks at him like, that's it? (laughs) She goes, all right, well, as long as God knows our desires of our heart. (laughs) Whack. This man is not a man of God. He is a man of, I don't even know what. I I, I don't even know what. I don't even know that the devil would claim him, frankly. (laughs) Frankly, oh God, I hate him. I hate that I have to watch this man and I hate what he's doing to Paige and I don't like it and it's upsetting to me and my homegirls, okay? I don't like him. I don't like anything about this man and it just feels like this episode in particular really illuminated, it's like it really pulled into focus more of who Chris is about and this is somebody who has zero social skills. He really has clearly been reliant on whatever money six figures he's been making over the past 
12 weeks or whatever. And he has no, he's completely insecure. And so he finds chicks who are looking for a guy with money because he leads with money. Like I've been asking this question of why he is so adamant about like, I don't want a woman who takes advantage of me or who takes advantage of the fact that I have money and I can take care of her. And all these women in the past have only been looking for me because I'm wealthy. And it's like, you lead with that. I have never been in a situation that I've like intentionally sought out a man who's wealthy. And I know that that happens, but I also know that a lot of the times it does not happen if they're, if you're not giving that information up to begin with. And so if you then are like repeatedly burned by these types of people that you don't want to be, allegedly you don't want to be taken advantage of, then don't lead with the fact that you make money and don't try and get women who only want you for your money. If that's not what you want, like some people can have relationships like that where it's like, I've got this cutie on my arm and I take care of her. Cool. But that's not what you want. So stop leading with that. Okay. And now he has found this beautiful chocolate lady who is gorgeous and has her shit together and is God fearing because that's allegedly what he claims to want. And you all of a sudden she's not attractive to you and I mean, tell that to your dick because it feels like your head and your penis don't seem to know that y'all aren't on the same page. Dick seems to work fine. (laughs) Your penis is attracted to her. I don't know why. And I don't even think that he's really, I, I don't think there's really ever been a point where he was not attracted to her. I think he's intimidated by her. And I think that like, it's just like, he doesn't know what to do with a woman like Paige. And so I think he was just like intentionally mean because he didn't know how to deal with his insecurities. He, the man needs therapy. He needs so much therapy. And I think like everything that we see of him and how he behaves and how he's been treating this situation is the result of he has no idea how to deal with people in a real way. And so he's just like, grasping at straws at every moment and thinking that it's going to work out, but he only makes himself look worse and worse and worse. Hideous. Hate him. Okay. So short little prayer, little fake prayer that he did. (laughs) And, and then he says, you know, I gotta let I'm going to translate for him, like, because I, I don't want to mumble this whole time. He says, you know, just know in your heart, if you don't watch the show, that, like, what I'm translating is, like, he's on a volume of about three, and also he's got, like, half a mouthful of food in, at all times. Like, he's so hard to understand. It points at having to do captions for him, because... The audio is so bad. So he says, you know, I found out some information this morning and it's, you know, I won't say devastating, but it's something that I have to deal with. Obviously, the natural response to that will be what's going on. (laughs) And he keeps saying, 
it doesn't matter. This is shit. This is my top three pet peeve is do not feed me crumbs. If you're not going to give me the entree, do not drop a little kernel of information that you know I'm going to ask you about and then you don't want to say what it is, then don't tell me. You can't say in front of my French toast, my gorgeous, thick brioche French toast that you just found out devastating news, but then it doesn't matter. Make that make sense. So Paige is like, well, if you're calling it devastating, obviously it does matter. He keeps saying, again, doesn't matter. What time do you want to go to the pool? This, this bitch. (laughs) Paige has the patience of a saint. I'm watching this show and Googling how to turn back time so that I can go to this hotel, grab her and say, don't. We're leaving. We're leaving. COVID be damned. I'm traveling across the country in the past two months ago to Vegas. Telling her, no, you're better than this, Paige. You're better than this. So she's like, I just, you just found out some news. I'm your wife. You should be sharing with this with me. And then Chris says, I'm good. Sir, nobody cares if you're good. That's not the point. And Paige is like, it's not about you being good. It's about us being married to one another. And then he says, I'm good with not telling you. (sighs) I wish the boom operator would have just, just dropped the boom mic right on his head. Okay. I need him to get just a, I, I need somebody with like the thickest hands the biggest thiggest chunkiest hands to just karate chop him right in the Adam's apple like I don't stop it <laughs> why is he doing this to me and Paige and also Paige why is he doing this to me I can't take it anymore Ooh, my blood pressure okay so Paige is like it's this is a problem for me this is our marriage so what is going on He still doesn't want to tell her. So she's forced again to walk away. Like I said, in front of all of that beautiful French toast. And now she's left to roam around the elevator in her uh, hotel given robe. Talking about, I I don't know what's happening here. She's trying to ask the producers, like, what is going on? They're like, he has to tell you. We can't give you any information. She's in there by the elevators. Like what the what the hell man chris is sitting on on a credenza in the hotel room just like waiting for her so she says you know like i'm feeling sick to my stomach why does everybody have this information except for me it's wild so she goes back and she's like okay how bad is this information and chris goes do you want to talk about it and Paige is like yeah, I do. So he, Chris, mush, mush mouth, gathers her, takes her hand. They go into the bathroom. And again, this is like, he thinks that he's getting over on people. And I don't understand. 
They go in the bathroom, close the door. He turns on the shower. He turns on the sink. He whispers, take your mic off. You already told production this news. So why do we then, what sense does it make for her to take, to for y'all to like be in this shroud of secrecy? And now she's sitting there in a robe, probably with the, the sink and the heat from the shower all hot to find out that you fucked your ex-fiance and now she's pregnant. So he comes out first. And they're like, what's going on? He's like, oh, she just needs a minute. Paige leaves. She gets out of the the bathroom like she was just possessed by a ghost. Like the girl is like shook. Has no reaction. It it is. She's like, (laughs) she's shell shocked. And then she's like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how we're going to move forward. Oof. So they get back. Our next scene with them is they're talking to the couples. So the, to Vincent and Brianna. So Paige goes to talk about, talk to Brianna. Chris goes to talk to Vincent. And they're both giving their side of the story as to what happened. So starting with Paige and Brianna. Paige says, I just got the biggest bomb dropped on me. And then when she tells her, Chris has a baby on the way, Paige's eyes get so wide and she's like, what the fuck? (laughs) Paige is like, "I I feel numb right now. But what I do know is that things aren't adding up. And so then they're trying to figure out like, okay, if Chris was engaged he proposed in February. Then when did they break up? And Paige is like, I don't know. He said a couple months, but he didn't give me like an exact timeline as to when it is that they broke up. And then she's like, you know, Paige says, I'm feeling like I got the short end of the stick. And Brianna's like, well, shit, I feel like you did too. It's like, you signed up for forever, and here Chris comes with the bullshit. I love Brianna. Thank God. Thank God. I mean, granted, I think that, like, Paige would have had this conversation with any of the women based on their reaction to later, but thank God for Brianna for keeping it real with her. Thank God. So... Then Paige says, you know, from the beginning, the chemistry between us was off, but I felt like we turned over a new leaf and we were headed in the right direction. And now I'm not sure if he wants to stay with me. And what is he thinking? Like, you know, I should be with my baby mama and like, whatever. And it's just so sad that like, that's where her mind goes. That like, her mind went to, I don't know if he wants to be with me. Now, granted, he did say that he was not physically attracted to her and now he's got a baby with somebody else. So I get it, but that should not be at the forefront of her mind. The forefront of her mind should be like, what do I do for myself in this situation? What What is going to serve me best? Continuing to be in a relationship with this man? Or, and sticking it out and, and 
being a stepmom or do, you know, do I just cut my losses and, and leave? I don't know this dude. <laughs> right. So then we get to Chris and Vincent. So Chris goes, man, I got some disturbing news that my ex is present is pregnant. And Vincent's like, Oh, <laughs> and Vincent's like, well, what does Paige say? And he's like, I haven't seen her since I told her. So Vincent asked a great question is like, why is this, all of this information happening after you got married? Great question, Vincent. Great question. And so Chris says, oh, you know, we broke up a few months ago, but we've slept together since then. And she's six weeks along and she apparently has known for a while, but she didn't tell him. And how, how, now I'm like Cardi B, like how convenient is that? How convenient that the day after you get married, you find out that you're, that you're expecting. Do not believe that for one moment. I don't believe it. I do not believe that. So he, you know, he, Mushmouth says, you know, I'm sure it's his, mine, but my priority is Paige right now. And so Vincent's like, okay, well, have you and Paige been intimate? And this is where I'm like side-eyeing Paige a little bit. Because Chris says that they were intimate the night of the wedding, the day after. And then he says, we were intimate the second night. So what I'm hearing is that they had sex the night, the morning. Mushmouth told her, I'm not physically attracted to you. And then hours later, they had sex again. Paige. What? Girl. You had sex with him after he told you that he was not physically attracted. You thought that y'all had turned over a new leaf in that span of mere hours that you would have sex with him again? Have sex with him again? No. No. I would have told production, like, y'all, I don't know if you want to sleep on the couch, if there's a pullout, if there's a cat or something, but that man's not getting anywhere near my body until I'm ready. And that's where I have to say that I'm disappointed in Paige. I cannot believe she had sex with him again. I can't believe that. That is wild. Wild. So Vincent is like, okay, well, if Paige wasn't in the picture, would you be tempted to go back to your ex? And Chris says, you know, it's a natural inclination to want a kid to have a two parent family. Fair. This is the only thing that he's that's made sense come out of his mush mouth. Um, but, you know, I'm married now. Mm-hmm. So and then he says another thing that he made sense, broken clock, you know, broken clock. He says, you know, if I were Paige, I wouldn't stay. But that's really up to her. As long as you know, as long as you know. So. Then they have dinner like everybody does. They have to film these dinner scenes and Paige says, you know, she shows up and she says in a confessional, like at this point, I'm really checked out and all of this information has been a hard pill to swallow. So they sit down and Chris is like, what's on your mind? And Paige is like, I'm going to let you lead this. 
Okay. <laughs> so then this man barely opens his mouth to say, you know, I've already said what I needed to say, but I haven't gotten any feedback from you. Bitch, I will feed the back of your throat with my fist. Okay. Is that the feedback you want? Mm. Paige says, you know, she wants to know when the last time he had sex with his ex was. And he says, oh, it was six weeks ago. After he went to go pay his respects to her father after he passed away. Need I say more? I mean, I could expand on how fucked up that is, but... (sighs) Sexual healing? Is that what she needed? I mean, it takes two, but... I mean, what? It... Nothing about his timeline to getting on the show and breaking up with this, allegedly breaking up with this woman, it makes sense to me. But like, I I just don't know. I really don't know. And Paige is like, okay, well, I mean, again, grace of a God. She asked, well, how is she feeling? How is your baby mom feeling? And he's like, well, I had to tell her I was married. <laughs> I mean, and then he looks at her and realizes that she's not laughing because ain't shit funny, mush mouth. And he's like, oh, you know, I'm just laughing to keep from falling apart. Well, I'm glad that you can find some humor in the situation. Great for you. Okay. Ugh, sicko. So then he, you know, a little bit of clarity comes and he's like, you know, I apologize. You've had two big hits a day after our wedding and you don't deserve that and I want to hear what you have to say so Paige says you know it was heavy and I'm still trying to figure out what it is that I want to do and Chris says if decision day was today what would you say and she's like I probably have to walk away from this so then Paige says you know if we were in a better position (laughs) like she's trying to give him every like you know even if we had a more solid foundation in the 72 hours that we've known each other then maybe I would be more inclined to stay in this but I don't really know and then Chris pulls this like you're my li- my wife and nobody comes before you even my mom or my kids so like I'm gonna give respect to you as the queen of my life and since Saturday, I've really grown an attraction to you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You found it in your heart to be attracted to me now, Mushmouth. Oh, a benevolent king. How nice of you. Oh, great. Unfortunately, this seems to be working for Paige. Baby, get it together. So you can tell, like, she's turning a little bit. And here's what... It... <sighs> Let me say this and then I'll I'll get into what I'm thinking. So he talks about, you know, you're an amazing, intelligent black woman and the experts did such a great job of pairing us, pairing you with me. And, you know, I support whatever decision you want to make. If you want to walk away or if you want to stay, if you walk away, I might follow you. But like, I really hope that you say and he's just laying it on so thick. He, the man's a sociopath. And I know we're not supposed to diagnose people, but this is egregious behavior. It is unparalleled behavior. I've never seen a person act so wild on television. And the thing is, like, he doesn't seem to get 
how he's coming off. He doesn't seem to get it. And he thinks that he's in control of his own narrative. And this comes up when all the group gets up together. But clearly he's failing. Clearly he is failing. So then he asks, like, have you ever thought about being a stepmother? And Paige says, well, I damn near was one in my last relationship. Like, he had a daughter. She lived in my home. I took care of her as though she was my own. So, like, I've been in positions like this before. And I know... And the reason it failed, she's like, it's, it's great that you said that I come first because the reason why my last relationship failed was because the daughter came first and that just like didn't work. And to this, I say, "Mm, I'm going to have to stop you right there, Paige, because I do understand that when you're in a relationship and you have children It is important to keep the relationship that you have with your partner as a priority. For you guys to not like fall into the pattern of like being together for the kids and then not having anything in common, but also for your children to be able to see a happy couple together and see how that works. Like it's only going to benefit them. But what I don't, what I disagree with is that when it comes to a step parent, I think you have to understand that that person's child is going to come first because they're having to maintain this relationship with that child's other parent. Right? They're like, does that make sense to you guys? Like, it doesn't make, it doesn't add up to me that like, I, I feel like that, that logic only applies when you guys are together, when you're with the person that you had a child with. If I were to date some person who had a kid, like I would not expect to be the priority. I would not expect our relationship to be the priority because you don't have control over how he's going to co-parent. Hopefully they co-parent well, like that is going to be their have to their priority because you're they're out of really control with that. You know what I mean? I hope that's making sense. I don't, I don't agree with that in the, in, in their scenario. So going back to them, unfortunately. So then Chris Paige says in a confessional, you know, part of me doesn't want to be around Chris, but then I'm trusting in the process and the experts and, and God that this is like the right thing for me. And God, you know, doesn't give you anything that you can't handle. Yada, yada, yada. So Chris says, you know, every day is decision day. And, you know, I, I really think that we should work on a friendship. And this is like, again, like something that apparently really turns on a light for her. Like the switch turns on for her in Chris's favor. He even gives her, y'all, a single red rose, probably given by production. Or maybe some flower arrangement that he walked past in the lobby on the way to the restaurant. Who's to say where that single rose came from? Not from him. Guarantee that. Can, can we shore up some subway money to get you a full dozen? Give me a single rose after you just told me that you didn't even, you weren't even attracted to me. And now you have a kid on the way? No. I'm going to need some like Kanye roses here. You're going to have to fill this whole hotel up before I even consider looking at you. So anyway, 
And it's like, okay, he had to have known going back to the six weeks, even if this whole timeline is messed up with like, whatever, let's say that he is telling the truth and that they truly broke up months ago and that they only had one, you know, quote unquote slip up six weeks ago. That even like, I have to imagine that, I mean, they give them a couple weeks. What is it like two weeks maybe between you find out that you're, but I feel like if you're in the process and you're that serious about finding somebody, then once you get into that process, don't be slipping and sliding into other people's pools, right? Like that's disrespectful. Like he's talking about like, oh, I didn't masturbate for a whole three days to be pure for you. Okay. Well, maybe you should have extended that to about eight weeks. Clearly you needed it. So it seems like they're back on. She doesn't explicitly say it, but it, I mean, we can sense it. Like the emotion is that they're now back on. Okay. So in our last scene, we see all the couples get together. They meet up for drinks. Everybody's there at that point, except for Eric and Virginia. Everybody's going around talking about how happy they are and how great this whole thing has been. And Paige and Chris are sitting there like me during a team building exercise. Like, ugh, I don't want to do this. Don't ask me anything. I, I, I don't want to be here. I don't want to answer any questions. Okay. I hate team building exercises, you guys. And this is why I work for myself. <laughs> so Clara turns to Paige and Chris and is like, how are y'all doing? And they both kind of like laugh. These like, bitch, if you only knew. <laughs> and Vincent's like, well, you look great. <laughs> so Paige starts and says, you know, some of you know that things have been a little bit challenging for us, but I'm encouraged by our faith. And I think that's what's going to keep us together. And it's like, well, that's about the most depressing thing that I've ever heard. <laughs> I'm just running on the fumes of faith. To keep me in this marriage. So Clara, we see in a confessional, says, okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. So then Paige turns to Chris and she encourages to tell the group what happened with this seed. And nobody says a word. Everybody's face is just like, hmm. Okay. So then we get Clara in a confessional. She's like, I am heartbroken for Paige and I'm pissed at Chris. And Paige wants us so badly that I think she's sticking with it. And then she mumbles Stockholm syndrome. (laughs) And then Clara's like, if this were me, I would have been a flight back to Atlanta already. So the girls start being really encouraging towards Paige and then the guys kind of chime in and they're like supportive and everybody's like, you know, just so you know, we're behind you. Like we've got you. We really like you. And this is where Chris starts to like shut down as if he has the right. Who gave you the right mush mouth to shut down in this situation? So he's upset because everybody's being supportive towards Paige and not toward him. Well, if you wanted people to be supportive toward you, maybe you would do, I don't know, the opposite of everything that you've done leading up to here. 
That's how you earn that. You don't deserve to be supported right now. She does because she has not been in. You have, you're the one who put her in this shitty situation three days into the marriage. You did that. And I don't think anybody believes that he knew that he only found out about this pregnancy that day. Not a chance in hell. Not a chance in hell. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. So, back to the group. He says he's disappointed that everybody's supporting Paige and not him. So then they change the subject to Virginia and Eric not being there. And, you know, things are getting a little bit lighter and they're talking about, oh, you know, like, it really seems like they're a good couple and Virginia kind of brings Eric out of his shell a little bit and I really like them. And at this point, everybody's talking and Chris whispers into Paige's ear and then he gets up and walks away. This is like... If she was convinced that, like, oh, maybe we can work things out now, like, this would have been the point where she had to tap out. Like, you don't get to get up and walk away when you're challenged. You made your bed, or maybe you unmade your bed and fucked somebody else in it, and now you need to lie on it. And if you can't handle people being judgmental, then don't do shit that people are going to judge you over, Chris. Mush mouth. Ugh. He's sick. He goes over to like some other couch and this is like where, you know, he's just begging for attention because it's not even like he goes up to the room. He goes to another couch. It's like, like they're in a very, what appears to be like a pretty big lounge. So he just goes to like the other side of the lounge to literally lay down on a couch and put his head, you know, by his knees and be like, play this like, fuck off like like he's totally moping and i understand like if if this is truly such overwhelming situ uh information and i get that i don't believe i mean it's overwhelming sure but it's like handle be a man if you're such a man then be one now would be the gr- a great time to to be one <laughs> Ugh. it it disgusts me okay so He says, you know, I'm upset that looking around, everybody seems happy. 
in their couple. Like everybody, all the guys are like, oh, this is a woman that was made for me. And everybody seems happy except for Paige. And it's like, I don't really think you're thinking about Paige's happiness. And I don't really think that that's like what's making you shut down right now. You're upset because you're comparing yourselves to everybody else. And now you're saying that you're the odd man out. You weren't thinking about how upset Paige would be at dinner when you said you were going to chase her if she left you. You weren't thinking about Paige when you sat there at breakfast and told her that you had devastating news, but it wasn't her concern and not to worry about it. And what time do you want to go to the pool? But now all of a sudden you see everybody else being happy and you're mad because you can't have that. But you are the reason why you can't have that. Mushmouth. God, look in the fucking mirror, even though I know it's hard because you're so ugly. Anyway, so the, back to the group. Once he leaves, everybody's like, Paige, are you okay? <laughs> and she's like, you know, before we had dinner, this would have been my last day. But I think that there's a bigger lesson and I'm not writing my story. God is. And so she's like, y'all have to excuse me. I have to go follow this fucking loser and find out what's wrong with him, baby. Ugh, I can't believe she's like literally chasing this man to get him to tell the truth and to get him to share his feelings with her after he fucked up. She's doing so much work. Sick. Sick. Ugh, okay. So she finds Chris and he's like, you know, everybody's talking about how happy they are. And Paige is like, you're worried about the wrong things right now. And we have a different story from everybody else, clearly. But that's okay. It's okay for us to have our own story. So then Mushmouth is like, you know, I understand that you're... He says in a confessional. I understand that Paige is trying to be supportive. But I'm really feeling like I don't want to be bothered. And I'm crying because I feel like I'm stuck in this. And I'm crying because I have a baby on the way. So this... You did this whole speech about how you wanted to remain in this relationship and everything was up to her, but now that she's clearly made the decision to stay in this relationship because you're chasing, she's chasing your bum ass around this lounge, now you don't want to be bothered and you're crying about it? Excuse me, bitch? You don't want to be bothered? He for sure thought that she was going to tap out of this. And he was just going to be like, I'm just going to play Mr. Nice Guy and act like I want to be in this relationship. And I'm going to tell her that I'm going to follow her. And I'm going to tell her that I'm attracted to her. And then she's going to leave me because any sane woman would. And then I am going to turn this into like me being the sad mopey guy who got left by Paige. That's exactly what he was going to do. That was his plan and it failed. And so now he can't be bothered because he's now quote unquote stuck in this relationship with a saint. Heaven forbid. <laughs> so I could, he really, fuck him. He can't be, Oh girl. Okay. So they joined the group back Virginia and Eric show up and they're, you know, 
gushing eric's gushing about how great it's been and we haven't been in a fight you guys like i can't believe it and ryan's like yeah it's been three days <laughs> good so you know everybody's talking and um they ask uh you know who's had sex and nobody really wants to say anything first but then i think it's ryan we didn't see who said it but i think it was ryan ryan's like i have a feeling like vincent and brianna i think I get the sense that you guys have gone there. I'm like, I'm getting that vibe. And they're like, yeah, we did. And Vincent, oh, I forgot. Did I even talk about Vincent and Brianna? I didn't. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck, I'm going to have to go back and talk. <laughs> totally forgot that I did not talk about them, you guys. I'm sorry. I will go back and talk about them. They had sex. Sorry. <laughs> Should have said that earlier. Um, And they were talking about, you know, like how they felt so close to one another and 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 all this stuff I guess I'm gonna have to go back and talk about I'm sorry you guys fuck okay so they had sex you guys but nobody else has and Eric says you know like I really could have had, had sex with her like in the first hour after the first hour of we meeting but like we're really like building up that foundation we're clearly attracted to each other basically all the couples agreed like they're attracted to their partners it just hasn't gone there yet and like they're just all laying down the foundation I'm actually surprised that Virginia and Eric hadn't had sex because she seems pretty horny and she seems like she wants to go there. But I think maybe she's the kind of woman who doesn't make the first move, even though she seems like she would be like, she's obviously putting the signals out there. And I really don't think that she would say no. I think she's just waiting for him to pull the trigger, which is fine, which is totally fine. I cannot believe I forgot to talk about Vincent and Brianna and they were my number one. I just said 17 times in a row that they were my number one couple and I completely forgot about them. <laughs> I'm annoyed with myself, you guys. Okay. So then what happened? Okay. So Eric notices that something is off with Chris. Again, his radar is on, his eyes are open and he's like, Chris, like what's going on? Are you guys okay? And everybody, and they're like, oh yeah, you guys weren't here. You didn't know. <laughs> So then Chris starts off by saying, you know, it doesn't seem like he likes Eric. Didn't he say that? No, that was Jacob. Okay. He he starts off by saying, like, first of all, you know, to be perfectly honest, I don't owe anybody an explanation. And Eric's like, yeah, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about, but sure. <laughs> and then he tells them, you know, I found out my ex is pregnant. And they both make faces. And you can tell Virginia is like searching around everybody else to be like, huh well like what's your reaction to this but nobody else reacts and so virginia her first question is like well are you sure it's yours <laughs> and this sets chris off like he he completely shuts down again and she says in her confessional she's like i was just coming from a place of like if y'all just had one moment like a random moment then there's a chance that maybe it's not yours. Like, I wouldn't be test doing a paternity test, but, you know, whatever. Um, and so now Chris is mad at, at Virginia for even bringing that up. He's like, how disrespectful of her. Like, I don't even know her like that. And for her to ask me, like, do I really think it's hers? And it's like, well, it's not really disrespectful to you. It's more disrespectful to your baby mama. But, like, I guess if you want to take this on, whatever, <laughs> okay. I, I don't think he thinks about women when it comes to respect, clearly. <laughs> but, like, if you want to make this all about you, Chris, then fine. I mean, she clearly wasn't trying to. I mean, 
I think it would be everybody's natural response to be like, are you sure? <laughs> she shouldn't have said it. But I understand why she would think that. Um, so then it's like, uh, what happens? Okay, so Virginia is like, you know, Paige, can you tell us how you're feeling? Because you have every right to be upset. And then Chris is like, you know, I just really want to change the subject. And Eric's like, you know, if Paige's your priority, then you need to start right now proving that to her. And Virginia's like, yeah, well, you've got nine months. <laughs> Can somebody give this girl a water? <laughs> Please. Just get her a sparkling water with a lime in it and just tell her. Just tell her it's got alcohol in it. Because, girl, keep those thoughts in your mind. <laughs> oh, God. So Eric's like, you know, you've got a great girl, Chris. We're all in the same boat. And you can hear Virginia say, well, not the same one. <laughs> And Eric's like, we support both of you. And then Chris says, you know, you guys will be, you guys will be a lot more supportive of us if you respect our privacy. Uh, okay. <laughs> I don't get that boy, but whatever. Let me move on to Brianna and Vincent. There really wasn't much to talk about with them. Everything's great. Everything is coming up millhouse for both of them. We see them in bed and Vincent's grandma's thankfully doing better. It was just a scare. Everything's much better. She's on the mend. And Vincent tells Brianna what he told us last week, which is that, you know, you were so supportive of me and you showed up in a way that like, I was really like impressed by. And I, I really appreciated that. And, you know, it made me feel like more comfortable to be in this relationship knowing and, it's like seeing you show me how you have my back and you did it perfectly. So then they have breakfast and Brianna's like, so like, what about our future? Would you rather live in a house or a townhouse or like a high rise? And he's like, well, I think maybe you get more bang for your buck with a townhouse than you would a house. And Brianna's like, okay, what about that high rise? <laughs> Vincent's like, oh, so when they said in the vows that you were bossy, is this, is this what that meant? <laughs> like, actually, I'm okay with it. Like, I don't mind living there. He's like, you've you've basically been so wonderful to me that I, I don't mind. I'm totally fine with living in a high-rise, you know, until we have kids. And it makes sense for us to have more space. So then they start talking about kids, and he wants them in two years, and she wants them in three years, and she asks if that's okay, and he's like, yeah, no problem. Like, he's so smitten with her that, like, He's just going along with anything. Are these like big concessions to make? No, they're certainly not deal breakers, but you could tell that like, these aren't things that he wants, but he wants to make her happy. And it's very sweet to see. So then they go to a dinner. It's like not on the beach. It's by a pool, but it's like they have sort of like, they've got sand set up up to the pool. So it kind of is like a beach. He carries her over there. I mean, my God. <laughs> He's like, I really want to carry you over to the table. So they have dinner by the pool and they're talking about, you know, how close they've gotten. And Vincent's like, you know, it's because we started off being so open and so vulnerable with each other that like we were able to make those steps so quickly. And because of that, we'd be fucking okay. <laughs> 
Um, we we be kissing, as Amanda Amani uh, would say. Y'all been kissing? They've been kissing, y'all. So he's Vincent is like he is sprung on Brianna, sprung on her. He's talking about how the last night when they had sex, it was magic. And he's like, I hope you noticed that I was really trying to be respectful and give you space and, you know, not go there and really like, have you be comfortable with me before we took it to that physical level? But it was just such a beautiful moment. And I feel like we're more than husband and wife. We were like made for each other. And it's like, damn, Vincent. (laughs) Brianna must have that waft, dude. He is stuck on her and good for you good for you okay <laughs> a good for him I, that was really it with them I think they're just like in love they're, they're so happy they're so happy with each other and I love that for them okay you guys that will be the end of the episode thank you guys so much for listening thank me for speaking Bye.